Khan Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. In this episode, what are our experiences of remote court hearings during lockdown and beyond? The advantages and disadvantages of remote hearings, and are they here to stay? Hello and welcome to the Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions podcast. I'm Kate Clark, a legal director in the family team at Mishcondorea, and I'm joined by my colleague Louis Flannery QC, a partner at Mishcon who specialises in international arbitration, and we are recording this podcast from our respective homes. Since the introduction of social distancing rules in England and Wales, the courts have seen a huge increase in audio and video hearings. In family hearings, which is the area I specialise in, it quickly became apparent that there were key challenges for the remote court. But Louis, would you like to start off by sharing some of your experiences? Um, Yes, I had a hearing in the second day of lockdown. I think it was the 24th or 25th of March. It was a virtual hearing conducted by Mr Justice Warby in the um, Queensbench Division. It was well done. He ignored the advice that he'd been given from the powers that be within the Constitutional Affairs Department, whichever governs or Ministry of Justice, whatever it is, that they had to use business for Skype because he'd found it to be awful. And we went on to a simple Zoom platform and there were... Three other counsel, plus me, plus him, plus the clerk, I think, and it was almost seamless. It helped, I think, from my perspective, that I I knew Mr Justice Warby as a tennis partner, um, because it was very, although it was formal in the sense of it was a formal hearing and I was addressing him as counsel, it helped that I was having my first hearing with a judge that I knew rather than a judge that I didn't know that immediately put me at my ease. He's a very relaxed person anyway, and a very good judge, as testified by the fact that since that hearing, he's been elevated to the Court of Appeal. Um, The hearing itself was three hours long, and at all times in the hearing, I could see Mr Justice Warby and all the other counsel. I have had a couple of other hearings since then where the judge has been blacked out which I really thought was annoying because you lose in a hearing the body language that you can read in a courtroom and to have the judge blacked out was even worse because you couldn't even tell any sort of eyebrow raising or reactions to the other side's submissions. But um, So I've done about five or six hearings now in lockdown, all with different experiences and different elements that made them better or worse, as the case may be. But do you feel that because you're not in court and you're not sat next to your client that you lose the gravitas that's attached to a courtroom? No, I I don't think you lose the gravitas that's attached to a courtroom because you're not sat next to your client. As advocate, your job is to deliver submissions to the judge or to the tribunal as effectively as you can and... I don't really think about the gravitas or the the lack of gravitas due to the fact that I'm delivering those submissions while I'm sitting on my bed or at my desk or on the couch or in in the garden. It really that doesn't really come into it. The fact that you can't actually be with your client might make a difference if your client's an individual. I suppose I can see that effect, but for the most part my clients are corporate clients who 
don't really care about the hearings. I, I haven't done a trial, I have to admit. I haven't done a witness trial in lockdown yet, but I've done a witness trial pre-lockdown, which was remote or partially remote. It was what we call a hybrid hearing, where my client was attending by remote video. Oh, I've done, I've, I've, sorry, I have done a trial. I've done one hearing with a client in Czechoslovakia. Or Czechia, oh, as I so think that, it now is that called. was remote. Yeah, that I was think remote. That's, yeah. that's probably the difference that I have because I practice in family law, so all of my clients are individual people rather than corporations. Yeah. And I think it has been quite difficult, particularly for the trials that I had in the first few weeks of lockdown, when you have been and the clients have been preparing for this for perhaps in excess of a year and have an expectation about what that experience is going to be like. And they have then, as you say, been sitting in their front room or at their kitchen table being cross-examined virtually. And I do think it, it probably is more difficult for counsel to assess demeanour or credibility of a witness when we're all looking at each other through little computer screens. Yes, and that's a problem that's common, I think, to all types of proceedings, whether it's family or commercial or, or arbitration, that the English concept of looking at a witness and finding out whether they are effectively telling the truth or their evidence is credible or their recollection is accurate is harder in a lockdown scenario where the camera is on the witness, but the witness is in, in a room somewhere that's not in the courtroom. They might not feel so intimidated and therefore might feel a little bit more liberated as it were in terms of their evidence that might be a good thing I don't know it might be a witness is more relaxed and therefore less likely to be nervous and they're more likely to be a bit more forthcoming that's an interesting point what impact it has on the witnesses I, I certainly know through the witness cross-examination that I did in July that on both sides the witnesses I thought gave evidence in a way that I imagined they would have done if they'd been in a live hearing each witness on each side had a lawyer from both sides with them. So there was no sort of jiggery-pokery wherever the witnesses were. And there was that effective control. They weren't able to sort of read notes off camera or have answers whispered to them or mouthed to them by people off camera. That was quite an, in an interesting um, setup. But that's I've also had that pre-lockdown, so that wasn't new for me, but it's a mechanism that, that helps. But I can see that in a family context, it must be completely different because your your client is your witness and the other side's client is their witness. And that's obviously much more, it's more emotive, isn't it, in a family setting? It's... Yeah, I, th I think it has to be. And, and I think as you were saying then, there are, I suppose, questions about fairness, about whether a witness has got notes or aid memoirs out of sight of their camera or whether there is anybody else in the room that you can't see. And obviously, at the start of the hearing, the judges give a warning about that. But ultimately, there's there's no way of policing that. I mean, I have had a hearing where I and the client and counsel were socially distancing in chambers together in a conference room. And the other side were in another conference room somewhere else, and the judge was remote. And actually, that worked quite well because rather than having 11 faces or <laughs> nine or 10 faces on the screen you know you were able to communicate with your clients and the barrister in a much more natural way and I think in family cases it's it's highly emotional and some people may actually prefer not to be in a courtroom 
and to be in their home and to have that sort of extra layer of distance. Mm. But I think sort of the majority of clients have found that quite difficult. Um, Having said that, I I think that's the case for final hearings, for, for trials where you have people giving evidence. But I've also had a lot of what we call directions hearings, so administrative case management hearings, which have been dealt with really swiftly on the telephone or on Zoom or another video platform, which would have otherwise meant half a day traveling to the court, hanging around at court, waiting to be called. Mm. And actually, the benefit has been that we've all been dealt with fairly swiftly and no sort of substantive decisions have been made in relation to the case. So perhaps that's more suited to a remote hearing. Yes, I've had one remote hearing, pro bono matter, involving 11 defendants and one claimant, which was proceeding in the Ipswich County Court. And in the hearing, which was a very complicated directions hearing, by telephone, the court was dialing out to each and every council. And there were 11 parties, and some parties had both counsel and solicitor. So there must have been more than 20 people to call out. But the court was doing it, so we were all waiting. It That took 15 minutes. Then the judge finally came on. Somebody dropped off, then came back on again. They had to be redialed. Somebody else dropped off. They had to be redialed. Finally, after half an hour, the judge said, I can't possibly deal with this remotely on a telephone with 11 defendants. I'm adjourning it. (laughs) In fact, I'm transferring the matter to the High Court in London, and they can deal with it because they've got the means and the technology, and hopefully by the time it's transferred, we'll be out of lockdown. Now, that wouldn't have happened if we have all trooped up to the hearing, obviously, but that's meant a six-month delay to the proceedings because the Ipswich County Court could not deal with a multi-party hearing remotely. The commercial court, on the other hand, is now well-equipped and, and hearings are running really smoothly. And judges, I know, are sitting in their courtrooms where everybody else is remote. They are happier to feel as if they're in the courtroom um, and I know, of, I know of hybrid hearings where they'll have one counsel on each side in the, uh, in the room with the judge, socially distanced, and everybody else is attending remotely. And that's worked as well. That, that's, I think, becoming far more the norm in the commercial court than fully remote or obviously in-person hearings, which haven't happened yet. And I think something like that happened in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard hearing where they had one court for the judge and leading counsel on each side, so Depp's leading counsel and and Heard's leading counsel, and then another court for the jurors, socially distanced, and another court for other solicitors and counsel, and and I think a fourth court for the reporters. So they had four courtrooms going simultaneously for for Depp and Heard, which was, but it worked. The hearing got done. People were cross-examined. What I don't know, and I've got to ask because... I'm curious as to whether Johnny Depp was cross-examined face-to-face or remotely. I suspect it might have been face-to-face because counsel was in court and he was in court. So I suspect that bit might have been done, but how it would have been done in a courtroom would have been logistically interesting. I mean, one thing I think is interesting, I know you mentioned that you have previously had conducted remote hearings due to the international nature of your work before lockdown. Um, I had never had a remote hearing or even a telephone hearing and so it's been quite a shock to go from having never previously dealt with that 
to now all of my cases. Yes. Um, but we're gradually starting to go back in, into the courtroom. But for about four months, every single case, and I've, I've had about 15 to 20 hearings that have all been dealt with remotely. But I've actually been quite surprised by actually how successful it has been from the technology side. I do have colleagues that have had some horror stories of waiting for you know hours to be called and I, I've certainly had the experience you have where there were about 14 or 15 people that needed to be dialed in and the judge was manually having to call every single one and then repeat everybody's name every time somebody joined the call which in itself took about 20 minutes um, but I don't know whether you saw in the press recently about the judge who was heard off camera criticizing a client um what happened was it was a hybrid hearing and the mother had been giving evidence and she said that she had developed cough and so the matter was adjourned so that she could continue to give her evidence remotely and the judge made critical remarks about the mother on a telephone call in her private chambers to the effect that the mother was faking the cough to avoid answering questions And unfortunately, although the judge's laptop had been closed, the video link had not been disconnected and her comments were broadcast to those attending by video link. I mean, that's a sort of horror scenario, uh, but one which you can imagine happening. In that case, the mother asked the judge to recuse herself and the judge decided that she did not need to recuse herself. And so the mother appealed and the court of appeal allowed the mother's appeal. And I believe it was found that the fact that the comments were intended to be private did not prevent a perception of bias. And a fair-minded observer could conclude that the judge's view of the mother was coloured and there was a real possibility of bias. Yeah. But you can only imagine sitting on the video link and hearing the judge's comments. If if I'd been the counsel for the other party, I would have been groaning at that point, thinking, oh dear, that's going to lead to trouble. The moral of that story is only ever conduct remote hearings with a MacBook. Because when you close <laughs> a MacBook, it cuts off everything. If you close out work there might laptops, be other morals it doesn't. As well. <laughs> I think there might, might be another be. moral to that story, which is don't, don't, <laughs> yes. don't make comments. <laughs> Shush. Yes. Shush. At least keep your thoughts to yourself. Quite. Keep your thoughts to yourself and yeah. make sure you disconnect as well as closing your laptop. There's, there are many things we can learn from that story, I think. <laughs> Um, yes, that's, but, uh, that's, that's unfortunate. I mean, I've had I think, this. I, I sit as arbitrator, so I've had witnesses appear in front of me, and I have formed a view as to the credibility of their evidence within a few minutes. But I'd never be so foolish as to vocalise those thoughts, nor would I think that that would lead me to an accusation of, of bias at that point. But I think that's part of the difficulty with remote hearings is that you get lulled into a false sense of security because you are sat in your home and you're not sort of in the, you don't have, as I said at the beginning, the gravitas of the courtroom. Perhaps people say things they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Unguarded. But yeah, anyway, that's a warning to us all. Mm. Yeah, I can see those dangers. I mean, it's the same as you're visually present if it's a video hearing. So you do have to maintain a, a certain standard of dress. I haven't done a, a hearing in a T-shirt yet, except the Ipswich County Court one, which was by telephone. But uh, you're visually present, and that's that's the only sort of restriction, as it were, on your demeanour, really. And even then, as the, the, all those jokes about QCs, you know, undressed from the waist down, or, or 
or you know, or even worse. But if you if that's your only restriction, you're right that you can still feel a little more unguarded because you're you're not in a, a courtroom setting, you know, sort of brushing the dust off your cuffs or, or your you know your, your clothes so much um, when you're at home because you're it's more difficult to see any blemishes. But I'm when I stand up in in court, I'm much more looking at my tie is it right what is it they're not perfect is everything else you know my is my jacket sticking out or is it uh, my shirt tail sticking out or something but that's uh the remote hearings are here to stay i think even post lockdown they will remain a feature of our legal life way after lockdown i'm sure because there will be occasions where witnesses can't travel at least hybrid hearings i think are now going to be the norm where there will be an attendance by somebody or other remotely. And the savings, if you imagine if you're going off to some remote family court in Nottingham or something and you're having to troop up there, what is the real reason why, if it's just a directions hearing, you can't do that remotely? And there isn't one. I I agree. There is a gradual return to in-person hearings, but... Social distancing means that the courts can deal with far fewer of these than before. And we were already very stretched in terms of court time. And so I agree. I think remote hearings will continue to be the default for many months to come. And they're certainly here to stay, at least for, for certain types of hearing. Well, for now, let's wrap up there. I'd like to say thanks so much to Louis Flannery QC for joining me for this Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Next time, my colleagues Kate Higgins and Asa Waring will be discussing best practice on diversity in the boardroom and employee engagement and corporate governance framework for this. The Digital Sessions are a series of online events, videos and podcasts, all available at mishcon.com. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or suggestions of what you'd like us to cover, do let us know at digitalsessions at mishcon.com. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com.